Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for Multimedia at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joined, as always, for our weekly Zeiss is Right video by Paul Zeiss of the Post-Gazette, sports columnist. Uh, We're going to be talking some Steelers quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels, Justin Fields. Are they possible options for the Steelers in 2024? Should Kenny Pickett get a chance in a new offense not run by Matt Canada and not, you know, even though he's in one now, um, you know, the playbook is still governing things. Does P- Kenny Pickett deserve that chance before the, the Steelers make a move to um, move on? We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to get into some Pirates talk, a little bit about their new TV deal, the Marco Gonzalez trade, and the Rowdy Tellez signing. Um, and we'll, maybe we'll slide in some college football talk toward the end. Paul, a lot to get to. How are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you doing? I am hanging in there. Um, before we get started, just want to thank our primary sponsor for this episode and every episode of this podcast, Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Um, Paul, I mentioned at the top at the top of the show, our Joe Starkey um, in his mailbag talked a little bit about Jaden Daniels. Um, Emery Jones of CBS Sports said he thought that um, the Steelers were were kind of an obvious landing place for Jaden Daniels come draft time. Um, I, I want to throw that question at you, um, just because the Steelers probably are not going to be in the mix to get Caleb Williams or Drake May, any of those guys toward the top of the draft without you know making a big trade giving up a lot of capital to go get one of them. Um, I'm not sure Jaden Daniels' stock is nearly as solidified toward that end of the draft. Um, is he a guy that if he's around at 10, um, if you're the Steelers, maybe you trade up to get? Or or how do you how do you look at a guy who just won the Heisman Trophy and his potential to help the Steelers if the right situation arises? Uh, I have a lot less interest in that than I do in them going out and getting a veteran guy. I mean, I think we all know. Listen, they can say whatever they want to say. But at the end of the day, the Steelers are going to have Kenny Pickett be their starting quarterback next year. You know it. I know it. Everybody else around the team knows it. That's just how it is. They're going to give him one whole year with somebody not named Matt Canada calling the place. And so, to me, if you ask me how I think their quarterback situation is going to play out, I'd have very little interest in them going out and getting a guy like Jaden Daniels. 
just because I don't think that that's, I mean, I still think this is a team that actually, if you get reasonably good quarterback play, can win. So, you know, are you going to go from one, you know, guy who's not good enough to a rookie? I, I would say go get a veteran guy and then wait till like the fourth or fifth round, you know, and go get a quarterback in the fourth, fifth, or sixth round. And, and, and that can be your third string emergency quarterback, development quarterback, whatever you want to say. But to me, if, if, if I didn't think that Kenny Pickett was going to be the starter next year, I would say, go get it. Go, go, go get a guy like Daniels. But it feels to me like he is. And so if he is, then you got to use that first pick to go get somebody that can help you win immediately. And that would be like a receiver or, you know, another corner or something. Um, and, and, and then address, you know, I don't think that you can bring back the whole band. I think it's probably time for Mitch Trubisky to get on with his, his life's work a little bit. And it's time for Mason Rudolph to, to branch out as well. Uh, but if you told me next year that they signed a, a veteran quarterback and they got, you know, they went out and drafted a fifth or sixth stringer, uh, fifth or sixth rounder, they got a reasonably decent, uh, maybe pr prospective kind of quarterback. I would be okay with that. Paul, I'm, I'm with you on the logic of, you know, that Kenny Pickett's probably going to be the starter. They're going to give him a chance. They invested a lot in him. Um, you know, it's, it's a high profile situation of him coming from Pitt to the Steelers. I agree. They're not just going to abandon him, but do you think there's something to be said for if you go out and get a Jaden Daniels and you have Kenny Pickett, it potentially is a number two, if it doesn't work out with him as a starter, you've already, started the clock on on what's next and you have a, another option who could be your future um and then you know you have Kenny Pickett as as a very solid number 2 quarterback maybe taking that Mitch Trubisky role um you wouldn't find any comfort in having those being the one two in some you know order or fashion uh no i mean I, to me I, unfortunately i think when it comes to Kenny Pickett if it doesn't work out as a starter he's probably got to move on Right, it's just that's a tough situation if you ask me. You bring him in; he's the first round pick. Especially, he's a pit guy, very popular. Say you make Jaden Daniels a starter, and he struggles a few weeks. You know how it is. I just feel like, to me, Kenny Pickett either has to be the starter or he moves on. And you know, I can see the logic in saying, "Well, you better take another young guy so that you have your quarterback of the future." But to me. Uh, the Steelers, the way that they've done things, it's pretty clear to me they're sort of in win-now mode. So that's why I say you go get Kenny Pickett. I mean, you, you, you know, there's no question Kenny Pickett's going to be your starter going into next year. But you go out and you get somebody, and you know, I know we're going to talk about some other guys that are out there, but you go out and get a, a veteran guy, you bring him in to actually really legitimately compete for the starting role, even though you're pretty sure that Kenny's going to be your guy. But if you bring in somebody that can really compete for, you know, uh, and then all of a sudden if Kenny struggles in the first couple of weeks, you, you, you know, boom, you go and you, and you can uh, uh, get this other guy and give him a chance and maybe you can salvage the season. Paul, I wanted to ask you about um, Justin Fields. You, you mentioned we have a couple other names we want to talk about. First one is Justin Fields. The, the Bears probably are going to be dra drafting toward the top of the draft, possibly looking at Caleb Williams, Drake May. Um, those types of guys, the 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 one A, one B um, type of selections that we think, you know, at this stage of, of draft season, that's what it's looking like, um, and that would possibly supplant Justin Fields in a similar way to what we were just talking about with Kenny Pickett if the Steelers went the Jaden Daniels route. If he's available, is he someone that you're interested in from a Steelers perspective? 
Um, or, or is it a similar problem where they want to see what they have in Kenny Pickett and probably don't want to give up capital to go get a guy like Fields? Well, I think the thing about Fields is if you bring him here, he's got to be your starter, right? I mean, he's better than Kenny Pickett. It, it is what it is. Uh, I would be very careful. I, I think a lot of people are talking about Justin Fields haven't paid attention the last four or five weeks. But the Bears have actually started playing a little better football. He's actually started playing a little bit better football. I'm not saying that, they, you know, that he's going to be their starter next year, but I don't think it's a slam dunk that they're going to give up on him because he started to show a pulse. I mean, I, I feel like they'll probably fire the coach. But if they're going to bring in Justin Fields, he has to be your starter. And, and so to me, that's why I look at it and say, probably not going to happen. And if it does happen, then, you know, you, you, whatever draft capital you gave up, you're not giving that up for a backup quarterback. That's that's where that stands with me. Another name, Paul, that those guys on CBS were talking about was Jameis Winston. Um, I think they called him America's quarterback coming to the Steelers <laughs> and, and possibly being that that veteran guy who maybe, you know, isn't a slam dunk to be the starter. But if Kenny Pickett, you know, doesn't take the next step under the next offense, you have a, a fairly reliable and proven veteran to step in and maybe salvage things. Is is he a type of guy you'd look at for that Mitch Trubisky role if they move on from, from Mitch Trubisky this year and, and look for another veteran guy? Yeah, absolutely. That's the kind of guy you're looking for, right? Somebody who's had a little bit of success as a starter. Um, you know, he's had injury issues his whole entire career, but for the most part, I think, you you know, he's good enough that you could win games with him. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Are we going one name at a time? Because I'll tell you the name that I would go after. I would, Kirk Cousins. He's the kind of guy you want to bring in. He's coming off a major injury, right? And so he, there's no expectation that he's going to come back in and be a starter. But he's had a, you know, when he's, when he's healthy, he's shown that he can be a really pretty good quarterback at times. You bring him in, he's got no expectations of being a starter for, you know, from the standpoint of, He's still going to be recovering from that injury a little bit. But if Kenny Pickett falters, you know what? You've got a guy who's a proven veteran that has proven he can win games, who's coming in off the bench. And, you know, he could be your starter and he could be the guy that takes over. And then, you know, you probably have him for another year or so. So he's a little bit of a bridge guy. That's the kind of name that I'd be interested in. You know, somebody like that who because of his circumstances right now, probably has a little lower expectation that I, I know wherever I go next year, I, I don't know that I'll necessarily 100% be the starter, but at least I'll come in and compete because I'm coming off an injury. You know, that's the difference between him and Justin Fields. You're not going out and getting Justin Fields and then making him the backup, but Kirk Cousins, you could make him the backup. The other thing is, unlike Justin Fields, his skill set is very similar to Kenny Pickett's. And so, you know, you don't have to change the offense for him. You don't have to do anything special for him. Don't have to do anything different for him. That's the name I'd be interested in. But Jameis Winston would be fine, too. I would have no problem with that. Yeah, I think my only concern with Kirk Cousins is he feels like a little bit of a dead end um, in, in terms of, you know, even if things go well with that deal, Paul, how long does how long do they go well? And, and how long can you can you use a guy like that um, and before you're having this conversation again about what's next at quarterback? That'd be my only concern, but I think he's probably, you know, like you said, for right now, possibly the best option that could be available to this team. Um, Paul, do you think we're going to have a, a draft season where 
the the local perception of what the Steelers need and the national perception of what they need are very different things. Because I think we we saw that in the draft that the Steelers ended up selecting Kenny Pickett. I think most people locally, I was on that list. I know our Jerry Dulac was. A lot of people, you know, talked about how they needed linemen, how they needed other pieces, um, and that they could maybe get a quarterback in the second or third round. And, and that, you know, ended up being how that draft played out. Um, considering we're already talking about, you know, Jaden Daniels and the Steelers going after a quarterback in this draft, do you think there's going to be a disconnect uh, in, in terms of what, you know, some of these mock drafts are going to say for the next three, four, five months and what, you know, people locally and our read as people who watch the team every week? No, I actually don't, Adam, and I'll tell you why. Because I think, you know, well, actually, let me back up. I think most people nationally, um, most people nationally will give the benefit of the doubt that Kenny Pickett needs one more year. There might be some who say, hey, this team needs a quarterback, and we're seeing that some, right? But I think most people can look at this team and say, you know, they might, they, they probably need another offensive lineman. They definitely need at least one, if not two receivers. They could use another corner. And you know what? Even though all those guys got hurt in there, um, and so it's not, you know, you, you, you need an inside linebacker. I mean, you're going to have to eventually get a young guy who can play that you can put in that position for the next seven or eight years. Um, I just think those are the real easy places to, to point the Steelers, you know, and, and I get what your question is and I understand it because there already is a little bit of a disconnect with respect to the quarterback position, uh, of the Steelers. But I, I, I think that, you know, it's really weird, but the national media seems to really, really like Mike Tomlin and really, really respect him. And, you know, so it's one of those things where if Mike Tomlin says Pickett's our guy for 2024, then all of a sudden all those questions about the quarterback go away. You know what I'm saying? And that's just the way it is. But here, I mean, locally, I don't know what, I mean, what, what, if I said to you, what is it, what is their greatest needs in the draft? Would you agree with me or would you say they need a quarterback? Oh, I'd agree with you. I, you know, I'm, I'm posing the question, Paul, but I, yeah. I agree with you. I think, you know, you and I have, how many, how many times have we sat here and talked about the receivers on this show? Oh. So I think I'd be insane to say, yeah, I think they should, should need Jaden Daniels now. I think it's more, um, you know, a, a conversation that, again, is kind of starting on that national level because, listen, that gets clicks, Pauls. When, when when you say quarterback, you know, Steelers, people are going to read that. They're going to be interested in that. And I think that's sometimes what, you know, where the national media comes from with, with this quarterback stuff, um, you know, is is that's what sells. Oh, there's no question. There, that's absolutely uh, – there's no question about that. But to me, um, I look at this team and I say they got a lot more problems than just quarterback. And they got some deeper like, – like receiver to me is a big, big problem. It really is. So Yeah. Yeah, I think you, you know, have to add yeah. the depth of that room, and and you know I think you have to light some fires and 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 all of that. So I you know I, I think that's the only the only direction that they can go, and and I think a big the depth is a big problem in that you know George Pickens and Deontay Johnson I think are good players, but too much of the defense gets focused on them sometimes, and that, and that's part of why the passing game is the way it is. I think you need a third option there to to spice things up and um, you know spread the defense a little more thin. Paul, you and I talked a lot about uh, the indie game coming up on our post-game show on Thursday. 
Um, any additional thoughts before we wrap on, up on Steelers talk here? On the indie game? Yeah. I think, honestly, it's an elimination game, Adam. I think whoever loses that game is out of the playoffs. Now, of course, they could come back and win three in a row to win. But I think if you fall to seven and seven this week, it's going to be really difficult because I think it's going to take 10 wins. I really do. I think it's going to take 10 wins to get there. So if you fall to seven and seven, especially in this game where you're also giving up some tiebreak, you know, implications and things, I really believe that the loser of this game is probably going to be uh, is, is, is going to miss the playoffs um, because I just don't see if you get to seven. Now, so that makes you seven and seven. Now you got to go three and zero oh down the stretch in order to get to ten wins. And 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 the other part of it is. Because it's an AFC game and because it's against another team that's in the wild card mix, there's a lot of tiebreaker implications there. And I would look at the Steelers, for instance, if they lose this game, right? Now you've lost to the Texans and you've lost to uh, uh, the Colts. Those are two teams that are probably going to be in the you know in that same uh, mix for the wild card. Um, you know, tiebreakers are difficult there. At that point, they become difficult. Um, so I, I would say that this is probably an elimination game. And, and, and really, quite frankly, this is going to be a game that Mr. Trubisky is going to have to play well. You know, I don't think that the Colts are going to score 40 points against the Steelers, but I don't think they're going to score six either. I think they've got, you know, reasonably decent offense. I think this is a game the Steelers are probably going to have to get to about 20 to 23 points to win. And so that probably means Mr. Trubisky is going to have to play well. Yeah, I agree. And, and he's that, at least he's got to play better than he did against New England. Um, you know, I, th I think he was the leading reason that they you know lost that game. So um, they're going to need more from him. Paul, we're going to get into some Pirates talk here. A lot of topics suddenly bubbling to the surface in the last week with them. Uh, the new TV deal, a couple of moves, and of course, the Andy Rodriguez elbow surgery. Um, Paul, we're going to get to that in a minute. Just want to thank a couple more of our sponsors before we do. First, I want to thank Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. Also want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County. Build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Oh. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Paul, um, this, the Pirates have made the news known on Wednesday that they were staying with the regional sports network, formerly known as AT&T Sportsnet, now known as Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Um, the Penguins, you know, kind of got things started in, in staying on that network, um, buying the stake in it from AT&T Sportsnet. The Pirates now join as co-owners. Our Jason Mackey reported they're probably going to be getting less money out of, um, you know, their local television deal than they were before when they were with AT&T Sportsnet. But that of the options on the table, you know, it gave them the most flexibility with, you know, maintaining programming, um, expanded pre and post game shows, things like that. Um, what, did, what is your net read on, on how things settled out here? We talked, you and I talked on a couple of episodes. There was all kinds of things that could happen. They could have ended up on streaming services, X, Y, and Z. In the end, I don't think change much, much changes for Pittsburgh sports fans, um, except there might be a streaming option in addition to this coming. 
um, hopefully sooner than later for people who've cut the cord. Um, what's your reaction to the deal? Um, it's not surprising. It probably is the best place for them to land because now, you know, they can at least control some of the creative, uh, par parts of the process, you know, the, the process they can control sort of who's the broadcasters and, and, and maybe even, you know, things like, um, you know, the, the shows that are around the games, um, Obviously, it kind of stinks that they're not going to get quite as much money out of it, but I liked this option when I heard the options that they had better than Major League Baseball taking over and um, taking over the, you know, the broadcasts. And because I felt like that probably would lead to a more sterilized, generalized, you know, uh, not quite as Berg-specific if you know what I mean, broadcast. Like, here I think the way that this is going to be run by the Pirates now, I think it's good. Uh, they're going to you know, be able to keep their own broadcasters. I know the anchor booth might change a little bit or whatever, but for the most part, the programming is going to be Pittsburgh programming, which is a really big thing. If you're going to watch a Pirates game, you want it to be a Pittsburgh, you know, centered broadcast as opposed to something run by uh, Major League Baseball where, yeah, they would probably make it, regionalized or localized but i can i would imagine there's also a number of other things they would do to make it a little less personalized if you know what i mean yeah yeah and i, I think the the familiarity and the comfort is is a big thing i think staying on cable is a big thing paul um right you know, that wasn't that wasn't a given you're staying on cable um but you know what i like about specifically this deal is that i do think we're going to see that streaming option and when we're talking about this deal in terms of how much they're going to be paid my understanding is we're talking about it in terms of this is what they're making from cable television. I think the Pirates and Penguins are in a unique position. You know, we talk all about all the time about Steelers Nation and how you know the Pittsburgh diaspora. There's there's Pittsburgh fans everywhere. I think this deal is going to make it easier for fans to find both of these teams, and and you might have substantial signups if you tell you know someone who's living in Los Angeles, you tell someone who's living in Florida. You can get both the Penguins and Pirates for one price for the whole year. You pay one bill, you lock it in, and, and you can watch both of these teams whenever you want on our app. I, I think a lot of people out of town with Pittsburgh roots are going to find that more appealing than buying the whole MLB.tv package every year or MLB Extra Innings and, and paying for all access to all of those games when you only want to watch the Pirates or, or paying for you know what used to be the center ice package that's now on ESPN Plus to, to watch the Penguins. Um, I think there's going to be demand for that, and I think that's going to help the Pirates and the Penguins in the long run. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I think that's the, that's the that's what uh, the Pirates set out to do here when they when they went into this offseason. That's what they set out to do. I mean, it's very it's very important for them to for their fans to be able to watch it because listen, we can make fun of and ridicule the Pirates for many many things, but one thing that's true, they get good ratings. People watch them. People are interested in that team. You know, you see it with the metrics that we have even at the Post-Gazette in terms of what stories get read and things of the such. There are a lot of people that are interested in the Pirates. So a streaming option would be good, and I'll tell you why, Adam. I'm an old fogey. I'll probably always have cable. My kids are in their 20s. Not one of them has cable, right? Young people don't have cable TV. They all have streaming. So, you know, that's the biggest thing is you've got to figure out a way to make sure that everybody can still watch the games. So they're going to have to come up with an option like that. 
Yeah, and and you know, as a sports writer, I still have a cable package. I'm in that younger younger demographic. But if I have the option to cut the cord and not have to pay for 800 channels, I don't want just to be be able to watch the you know AT&T Sportsnet, Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Um, you know, that's something I'm going to look at as a consumer, and I think a lot of people will as well. So um, I think there's there's still some they, they got a long way to go to kind of get the potential out of this deal. But I think it's it's the right move for the Pirates at this time. Um, Paul, a couple other big headlines here. Uh, let's start with Andy Rodriguez. Um, they they lose him to surgery. Jason Mackey reported that for the Post Gazette um, on I think Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Um, how how does that change your view of of this team? Because I think he was he was the piece that you, you know one of the pieces you felt most secure about as as a long term fixture at catcher. Uh, the Henry Davis thing. I'm I'm still not sure how that's going to be resolved, even with Andy out of the picture. Um, is this a big blow to the team before they even get to Bradenton? Did you find it? I found it suspicious when they announced that Henry Davis was going to be a full-time catcher. I didn't know what was going on, but I said that there's something weird here going on. And now we know why. Yeah, it's a huge blow. I mean, this is a guy that's a part of your future. This is a guy that, you know, you, 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 you have these building blocks that you keep saying, you know, keep telling us all oh, we're going to build the, you know, the future on X amount of guys. And here's the thing, I've talked to enough baseball people and scouts. Henry Davis is not a good catcher. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, uh, let's put it that way. You know, for, for, for an organization that continually says catching is a defensive position, which is why we end up with the Austin Hedges of the world. I don't know that it's, I don't know that Henry Davis, that's a position that he's going to be good, you know, full time, long term. Forget for a moment that he regressed with his bat as well. Let's assume he can hit. I don't know if that's the right position for him. So you look at what they have at catcher. Without Andy Rodriguez, I'm not sure that I really like all the options they have. You know, they've got some guys that are ham and eggers. They've got a young guy like Henry Davis who might be better than we think, but, boy, I don't know. Um I think it's a big blow, but the big question is why is your starting catcher playing in, in the Winter League in the Dominican Republic? I, I, that's what I would like to know. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of questions from this, Paul. I, I think the Henry Davis angle is – is it's it, it kind of feels like they're just sticking him where it, it's most convenient at the time, and there has been no plan for this guy <laughs> coming through the – I mean, am I wrong to get that in, interpretation that they invested a number one overall pick in him? without any like end destination. And and I know that, that you know, Ben, the Ben Charrington's of the world, baseball executive scouts, they love to talk about flexibility and all blah, blah, blah. But I, I think the, the logical termination of those arguments is right where we are, where there's really, you don't have a read on this guy at all. And, and you invested a number, not just like a first round pick, not a number 20 pick, the first overall pick in the draft. Right. And, and what has been the plan? I mean, you know, I, the, 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 this reminds me sort of how they handled Neil Walker to, to a lesser, de, you know, to, to a lesser degree, but it's very similar. Whereas, if it wouldn't have been uh, for a couple of injuries, Neil Walker might still be in the minor leagues. And they bounced him around. He was a catcher, then he was at third base, then he was at second base, and they weren't sure what they were going to do with him. And basically, begrudgingly, they brought him up because they needed a middle infielder because of a bunch of injuries. You know, and he proved that he belonged. But to me, this guy is your number one overall pick that you made. And he was supposed to be a catcher, but he's not good at catching. 
And then when you brought him up, you also brought the other guy in the organization up who's a catcher. So then you had to use him in right field, which he clearly is not a good right fielder. And then there's discussion, well, maybe in the offseason we can give him a first baseman's man. He could be a first baseman. Or maybe he can be a DH. At the end of the day, I don't think they really know what they want to do with him. I don't know. That, I, I think this could be one of those situations where they drafted a guy that was horribly evaluated. And, you know, they spend the next five years trying to figure out how to salvage something out of that pick as opposed to at some point just saying, maybe the guy's not good enough. But I think it's not fair to him because they haven't had a plan for him. Yeah, and, you know, I still have hope that the bat will play, Paul, and that, that you can figure things out enough to the, po- the point that he's not such like the defensive liability he was in the outfield or at first base or wherever. Um, you know, I, I think the, the more frustrating thing is is just that you didn't have these answers and you talk out of both sides of your mouth. Because we had to spend four months talking about Austin Hedges and how valuable his defense was and how it didn't matter if he was hitting – didn't matter if he didn't hit at all. It didn't matter if he was hitting like a pitcher. His defense was valuable. And then out of the other side of your mouth, you're saying, well, we're not really worried about the defensive position for our former number one overall pick. I mean, pick a light. You can't you can't argue that both – I mean, they will and they do. Right. But but this is where you call that out as, as I think, crazy. Um Paul, I wanted to ask you about a couple moves they've made. Marco Gonzalez, they make the trade last week. Um, you and I didn't get a chance to talk last week because we ended up doing the postgame show on Thursday. What did you think of that trade, and what do you think of Rowdy Telez being added to the first base mix? My reaction is decent moves. If there's more moves coming, if this is all it is, I think people have a right to be mad. If uh, Marco Gonzalez is your fourth or fifth starter, I'm okay with it. If he's your second starter, I think it's a terrible it's a terrible off season, right? He should be a guy who's at the back end of your rotation that'll eat innings, that'll give you com- you know competitive starts. But here's the other thing, Adam. Given that they're basically giving up nothing for him, and that he's going to make almost nothing. Isn't he just another Rich Hill? If he has a good two or three months, aren't they going to trade him anyway? Like, I, I, I hope that we, I hope that you and I are just being cynical here and that we're wrong. But this whole thing where we're going to bring in another guy, you know, who's got some arm issues and there's something like he's, you know, something with his forearm and this and that and everything. Here's the thing. If he is not able to be a starter for the entire season for you because you're viewing him as a trade chip, you're doing it wrong. This is year five, okay? Now, if he's your fourth or fifth starter for the entire season and he plays it all, and you, you know, even if he has some success and he does well and you keep running him out there and you keep him here, okay, I'm okay with it because they didn't give up anything for him. And, you know, he has some track record of success. Rowdy Telez, here, here's what my question is to you, Adam, because this is the most puzzling thing I, I, I of that entire signing. In 2022, he had 35 home runs, which is only one year ago. Why was he only $3 million or $3.1 million? In a league that's starving for power, in a league that everybody, every team wants power hitters. In a league where every guy that's got a little bit of power is coveted, right? And, and, and most of the time overpaid for. 
Why is he only making $3 million? I know he only hit 13 or 14 home runs or whatever it is this year, but he hit 35 home runs last year. So while I want to say this is a really good signing because it's a low risk, right, with a high high reward potential, left-hander, you know, the, the short right field part, uh, porch and PNC Park, all that stuff, I get it. That's what I want to say. Yeah. Ain't really give up anything for him. He's cheap. He's this. He's that. They're bringing him in. They take a flyer on him. If he doesn't work out, no big deal. I want to say that, but the back of my mind is saying, why is this guy only $3 million? Well, he just hit 35 home runs last year. Yeah. What are we missing? What are we missing? Well, is, is, is there, yeah, is there something going on behind the scenes, just like Marco Gonzalez, where, you know, maybe there's there's a bit of damage there, or, or I mean, and he's a big dude too, Paul. Is it possible that, you know, that type of violent swing is just not something you can sustain? I, I think there's, <laughs> you know, fair questions to be asked. But but if, if that's your guy, if that ends up being your first baseman, Paul, are you are you comfortable with that being the, the way they address that? As I heard someone say today, it's highly likely that we're going to see a Connor Joe Rowdy Telez platoon at first base. Is that good enough, Adam, in your mind? It's pretty bleak. <laughs> I'm saying so. And you know what? I, I, I'll say this. I like Connor Joe as, as a, you know, he's turned out better than a lot of the prospects that Ben Sherrington has drafted in terms of guys, Neil Huntington draft. I know he went out of Pittsburgh for a while, came back. So it's not, you know, apples to apples, but, if the Pirates had more guys like Connor Joe in the lineup, I think they'd be in a better place. But no, that does not fill me with a ton of inspiration. Um, if that's if that's your plan, he's a guy. Connor, yeah, exactly. Connor Joe should be the guy that is your, um, you know, uh, utility guy that fills in. You know, maybe makes a couple starts here and there uh, at, at different positions. Plays a little DH. That's what he should be. He shouldn't be counted on to be a major piece of a of a platoon at a, a very important position. So um, I'm hoping, as you said, that we're not we're the, that, that that the Pirates aren't done and that we get to see more moves because as of right now, uh, I'm really when you especially when you consider you take away. Um, you take away the Oviedo and you take away Andy Rodriguez. There's a strong argument to be made the Pirates aren't as good as they were, you know, and that they're not as good as they were two months ago. Yeah, and that's hard to it's hard to say, Paul. And, and like you're right, you're getting O'Neill Cruz back into the mix. So I mean, that's that's a thing. But you don't know. That's a major surgery. It's a major injury. You don't necessarily know how a guy is is going to come back from that, especially like right now. Maybe two, three, four years down the line. It's a distant memory, but is he going to be an impact player in April? I don't think that we have a whole lot, you know, of evidence that, that that's going to be the case. So, um, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to watch this continue to play out. I think there need to be more moves. It doesn't necessarily need to be spending, um, but you know, you, maybe you make a couple more shrewd trades like you do with with Marco Gonzalez, and there's not a lot of risk. But this this off season feels pretty similar to the recent ones, and where they were tanking more so than we're taking a step toward being competitive. And more and more names are coming off the board, Paul. The later you get, the more moves are made. The closer you get to spring training, the fewer options you have. And, and I think that that's concerning for the Pirates. Paul, I'm going to get you out of here on this. Uh, since I last talked to you, both Pitt and Penn State hired their offensive coordinators. Penn State goes with Andy Kotelnicki. 
Uh, Pitt goes with Cade Bell. What do you think of, of those moves for those programs? Um, were they the right guys at the right time, or do you have concerns um, you know, uh, that, that they weren't the right moves? Well, I will say this. Fans are always clamoring for out-of-the-box, right? Out-of-the-box, sort of uh, inspired hirings, not going to your old you know, family, your family tree, so to speak. I think both Pitt and Penn State hit a home run from that standpoint, right? They both basically went out and got guys that are considered uh, among the best at what they're doing. And, you know, I'm not quite as sure about the Penn State guy, but I know this guy from Western Carolina that's coming to Pitt doesn't have any ties to, you know, to Narduzzi and his staff and anything like that. It's a guy that really legitimately came out of nowhere. He's supposedly a young, up-and-coming guy who's got a really innovative offense. Okay, let's see what happens. It'd be nice to watch Pitt and Penn State play college football again, right? That's what I say. Because both of them, their offenses have been really hard to watch. Um, but it would be nice to watch Penn State with Drew Alar throwing a ball over the field, running, you know what I mean? <laughs> running quarterback replays, spreading them out, doing all this kind of stuff, creative designs of you know, route trees and stuff. And the same thing with Pitt. It would be really nice to watch that. So to me, I don't know how it's going to work. But in terms of winning the press conferences, so to speak, I think you win if you're Penn State and you're Pitt because you get, you basically went out and did something that Penn State and Pitt traditionally have not done a lot of, and that is hire somebody completely out of the blue who is just basically regarded as one of the best in the business. You know? No. Uh, well, he went to Central Catholic. He did this. You know, his dad played at Pitt. His dad and, and Arduzzi are friends and all this other stuff. He just went out and got a guy who's considered one of the best young offensive minds. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, I think that's that's my read on on the situation as well. I think there's a little bit more risk on on Narduzzi's part because I think you can look at Andy Kozelnicki and say, "Hey, that's a that's a pretty proven commodity. You're putting up points at Kansas of all places. Um, you know, Western Carolina. I don't put in in that category. So, you know, at, at the higher level of competition, can can those concepts play? I think that's going to be interesting." to watch. And, and I think if it doesn't work out for Pat Narduzzi, you know, in the next year or two, you, you're going to have a lot of calls for, for him to go. Um, so I, th I, th I think that's what I admire about that move on his part as well, is that he was willing to stake, you know, his job on this. And, 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 you know, that it was a big risk. It wasn't just like a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this from a strong position. He's doing it from a weak position. So if you're a pit fan, I think you have to like the, the gamble here and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Paul, any final thoughts? Um, before we sign off for the week here? No, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, be interested. This is a big game for the Steelers. I'll be interested to see how it plays out for sure. Yes. So make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Christopher Carter will be back on the North Shore Drive on Friday previewing Steelers Colts. Um, I believe he'll have a, a visiting uh, beat writer to talk about the Colts specifically and how they match up against the Steelers. So make sure you subscribe for that. If you enjoyed this video, please like it, help us out in the YouTube algorithm. We always appreciate that. Um, and otherwise we will be back here on Sunday, Paul and I, or excuse me, we will be back on Saturday breaking down Steelers Colts um, live after the game. Um, and then we'll be back next Thursday with this show as well. So um, thanks for coming along for the ride. And we'll talk to you again soon. All right. We'll see you.
Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.